0: Welcome to this episode of the True Conspiracy Podcast, Fentanyl Genocide, with your host, Vicious Technique. Today we're going to ask the question how is it possible fentanyl has claimed more American lives on an annual basis than car accidents and gun deaths combined? So we'll be analyzing the pharmaceutical greed that helped create this problem, the imports of the fentanyl, where the imports are coming from, the results the profit from the Prisons. We'll explore who is behind this, what is now a domestic genocide, using multiple verifiable sources, and hopes of discussing some resolutions at the end, some possible solutions. So let's go ahead and get into this episode today. So a reason, a big reason why I wanted to do this episode was because I've been affected by this personally. One of my favorite artists, at the time, maybe not someone that I listened to the most, but someone that was up and coming with me, almost was in my class of hip hop, I felt like. And I looked to her as almost like a marker, like a standard of of how to come up in, in the underground scene of, of just kind of comparing myself to her. And we had somewhat similar styles. I like how she was able to take this laid back approach, China, uh, up and coming artist from Philadelphia. And we we had a we had a few conversations. She was or we interacted. She was really cool. And she unfortunately overdosed, lost her life. I believe it had to do with fentanyl. Another artist, Mac Miller, I know for a fact it had to do with his, I believe it was Xanax bar. One of his drugs was laced with fentanyl. And more than more than both of those particular instances, for myself, a good friend of mine, Lauren Roy, rest in peace. He passed away from an issue with fentanyl having to do with the xanax bar and he he wasn't he trying to do fentanyl and it was lacing his xanax bar and one of the best baseball players i ever played with just a a good dude like everybody has their flaws but just someone as my friend you know like i enjoyed hanging out with him he was cool he was really he was honest and it's just it's a tragedy i still think about him today and i just how many people has that happened to you know what I mean? And and these people that have passed away, they don't have a voice anymore. And it doesn't seem like our government really cares much about the U.S. citizens. It doesn't. There doesn't seem to be much community. So I think this is important that the media covers this more. I think it's important that we talk about this more because fentanyl is the number one cause of death for adults 18 to 45 in the U.S., according to ABC News from December 2021. Number one cause of death. And that's true. What I said in the question that fentanyl has claimed more lives on a on an annual basis now than car accidents and gun deaths combined. So it's it's really out of hand at this point, and I don't see it being discussed on on a, on a large basis. And it needs to be discussed more. And that's why we're getting into it because this is an attack on the U.S. citizens. This is an attack on our country. If if you're an American, this is an attack on the the human race in a sense. If you're not from the U.S. Because these are lives being lost, thirty-two thousand to sixty-four thousand lives being lost from fentanyl deaths between April twenty nineteen and April twenty twenty-one. Fentanyl has claimed just shy of eighty thousand people's lives between January twenty twenty and December twenty twenty-one. That's it's there was the ticker with the with the COVID issue. Well, why isn't there a ticker with the fentanyl? And. I, I kinda see some parallels people profited companies profited off that a tremendous amount with the test with the, all the ancillary products with the masks, with the with the treatments and so on and so forth so there's people profiting here and there's people there's entities huge corporations that have set this up that have set this the opioid crisis up have put that in play and we discussed a lot of that in the silent genocide and I'm and we'll we'll discuss it more. So the pharmaceuticals have to take some responsibility. The pharmaceutical companies have to take some responsibilities because these settlements that they're engaging in, this is the true conspiracy podcast, we're only discussing facts here. These big pharmaceutical companies are doing millions, hundreds of million dollar settlements because they had wrongdoing in the opioid crisis. But these settlements don't bring back lives, they don't. They set the scene for this. And we'll get into detail exactly how this happened and who is going to be behind it. We'll get into it later. But and specifically with the opioid epidemic, according to the Wall Street Journal journal from July 2021, the drug distributors AmerisourceBergen Bergen Corp, Cardinal Health and McKenisons are negotiating a 26 billion dollar settlement for more than two years as a as a way to resolve thousands of lawsuits filed by state and local governments, blaming them for helping fuel the nation's opioid epidemic. So $26 billion settlement. And that has to, that has to do with all the, the thousands of lawsuits that have been brought to them throughout the United States. So you ask, what is this crisis? Okay, so from 1999 to 2019, the nation, the United States lost nearly half a million people to overdoses of prescription and legal opioids. Ridiculous half a million people lost and then these people these entities made got rich they made tons and tons of money and their their business model is basically death addiction and death and then sweep it under the rug pay the politicians lobby to sweep it under the rug and we'll get into the profit off it even more so with prisons so it's there's more than one revenue stream in a sense so that's on the federal level now let's look at, at the state level new york struck a more than $1 billion deal with Amerisource, Bergen Cardinal, and McKesson midway through the trial, uh, having to do with these pharmaceutical for- firms, having to do with the, the opioid crisis, the trials of the opioid crisis. There is a settlement, a $1 billion deal, and this the, the deal, this settlement would remove the three distributors from the trial and represents New York's portion of the broader settlement. OK, so they're answering for it with money, but there I don't really see much justice being being dealt. We talked about before a few people went to jail from lower level executives from lower level companies. But it wasn't the people, the, the higher ups that really pushed this and set the stage for this larger issue that's now become a genocide fentanyl has now caused a genocide because what's happened was the pharmaceutical companies advertised and, and created this, this opioid crisis which has been proven there. So it's so much proven that they have to now pay settlements out for their wrongdoing. Okay. So it's fact that they set the stage. It's fact that they caused the opioid crisis. Now, fast forward to today in 2022 and 2020, there's a reduction of the amount of opioids that are out there because of this crisis, and now what takes its place? Fentanyl, much more potent, much more dangerous. It's not being controlled. There's not an ability within the states, within the the federal government, to uh to help people with addictions, to really provide some type of universal health care or just really any type of care. It's not there. And then what's happening? Hundreds of thousands of deaths, more and more deaths. Where's the ticker? If there was if there was half a million people died over ten years, in in almost two years, in about two years, a hundred thousand people died from fentanyl. That's twenty percent. That's that's crazy. Twenty percent for ten years. So what what happened? It, it's 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 crazy. It, it it's crazy. The the rate at which people are dying. It, it it's it needs to be addressed, and it's it's young people. So in this, in, in today, in 2022, you have to take into account the first world nations, China's emerging, China's population is dwindling. If China can reduce the population of the workforce ages, of, of the very productive ages of the U.S. citizens, they're gaining an, an advantage in the population war, in a sense. in in the in the competition, or most, more so is a better word, in the competition of having A large population that is productive and working and providing for the rest of the population sections, the older and the younger that can't work at the time, can't be as productive. So, if you have the number one cause of death from eighteen to forty-five, the these are basically the most productive years. That's an advantage for some of these other more these emerging first world nations like China. So, that's something you take into account when it's being imported from from China that's where the fentanyl is coming from okay so you have the opioid crisis setting the stage Johnson & Johnson settling with New York for 263 million dollars another billion dollar settlement with New York 26 billion dollar settlement with the pharmaceutical companies uh, for thousands of of lawsuits across the country so you have this the stage being set and then the Amounts of product the opioid product being reduced, and what comes and fills its place Chinese fentanyl, okay so we have an article from the Atlantic and it details how this is happening and how it's basically legal okay so fentanyl is according to Atlantic is legal in China and is being supplied to buyers from the u s Mexico, and other countries so the company. The company highlighted in the article regarding phenol manufacturing is Yuan Cheng. And they have majority of their workforce is young. So recent college graduates. So they're they're very motivated to, to make money and set up their life. So they're not really focused on who they're selling it to, which is further causing this issue. It's, it's just another product in China and it's being ex exported out to the US in particular it can't be sold within China it's sold to the US and Mexico and other countries and it's also we'll, we'll talk more about how it's getting into the into the US from Mexico so from this atlantic article it says all in all it would be an appealing offer for a recent college graduate most have no idea that they are selling ingredients for the world's most lethal drug so they don't even know they're they're doing this and have little idea what they're actually offering so here's a quote okay from uh, Sean uh, which is a worker at this uh, company Yuan Chang so it says quote I don't I don't know buyers usage uh, I don't care about it end quote so that's a quote from the employee of working at one of these companies that sells the final they don't know what they're doing really they're just selling a product they have multiple other products that they're selling as well so Continuing on of how fentanyl, this fentanyl is being imported into the U.S. and fueling this genocide, we have another article from the WebMD from February 2022. Okay? And it says, from 2014 to 2019, the pure fentanyl that U.S. authorities seized from the People's Republic of China, PRC, uh, and from the report of, the report from the Commission on Combating Synthetic Opioid Trafficking, okay? So what that's saying is most of the pure fentanyl from 2014 to 2019 is coming from China. All right. Since then, since 2019, the dominant source of illegally sor- illegally sourced fentanyl has been Mexico. But we also just discussed how China is exporting the fentanyl to Mexico as well. So it's uh, that the Mexican fentanyl was also sourced from China a lot of times. So. From the WebMD article, quote, since then the dominant source of illegally sourced fentanyl has become Mexico. The drug is manufactured in illegal laboratories there using precursors from Asia, mainly the PRC, and is trafficked principally by land into the United States, end quote. So yeah, that's what I was saying just then. All right, and also off from this article, the it says the fentanyl smuggled across the US Mexico border and packages vehicles and on person. Report uh, says because the drug is so powerful, quote, it is difficult to interdict. Given that just a small physical amount of this potent drug is enough to satisfy U.S. demand, making it highly profitable for traffickers and dealers. End quote. So basically, that's just saying the profit, the the reason why it's 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 becoming so prevalent. It's Highly potent it has a great effect in terms of cutting in terms of adding it to other drugs in terms of uh the the high that it produces, which is what they want in the drug, but we see the amount of death that it is causing so it's nearly it's it's nearly double the rate of deaths from the opioid crisis so it's it's really it's it's getting out of hand, and we see here that that it's coming right from the borders, and we know where it's coming from for the most part. It, it's just like another product out of China, and it doesn't seem to be really, really a priority of Chinese-U.S. relations. I, I haven't heard it mentioned one time, and we'll, we'll get in that, into that more in the resolutions. So we discussed how it's being imported. We discussed the farmer's school greed pharmaceutical greed that has set this up the corporations pharmaceutical corporations the greed of those corporations have set this up but let's go ahead and talk specifically who is behind this okay so it has has somewhat to do with what we've already talked about but there's there's another factor that that I want to get into so this is from Scientific American May 2021 so it it goes into the pharmaceutical corporation. Journalists have largely presented the over, overdose crisis as a story of three interconnected, perhaps inevitable ways. First, the drug companies led by Purdue Pharma, maker of the notorious OxyContin, convinced gullible doctors to prescribe unneeded opioids that led to h- hundreds of thousands of new addictions in the 1990s and 2000s. We discussed that. Observational research suggests that the opioid prescribing was linked with increased disability and de- decreased productivity and the overdose deaths began to rise. So that's what we were discussing with, they set the stage, pharmaceutical corporations set the stage. Then the second wave of this narrative begins around 2011, when the states cracked down on pain clinics that were really pill mills, offering doses for dollars, prescriptions became scarce, prices rose and people who were addicted began to turn to heroin, which was cheaper and now had a big enough pool of customers to attract cartels to places that they've never served before. Again, overdose deaths increase because now they went from the pharmaceutical version of of the opioid, which was uh, more regulated and controlled to then now the cartel version, which is really no regulations and overdose deaths increase. And now we see that again, how they've almost doubled, pretty much doubled when now it's gone to fentanyl because the cartels have an incentive to use the fentanyl because it's cheaper and more potent and then lastly that goes into who's behind it the dealers now and more so the importers that we we discussed or the exporters of china and the entities that are transporting it that's really who's behind it at this point and the result is addiction is it's a mental health issue and the the private prisons are now profiting and there's some people that say you know these prisoners they need to they need to keep taking their they need to keep getting their fix they need to if they don't have their fix they'll die and the result is now it's gone so out of hand that now the government is subsidizing opioid treatments for some prisoners and am um, I don't know all the ins and outs but I'm almost cert- be certain that there's some profit margin there so there's actually the government buying opioids and profiting off it to to the prison population which is then which i'm asserting that is is a result of this system of the of the pharmaceutical greed setting the stage for this setting this up now the international imports the the whole system of it i think part of it whether deliberate or semi-deliberate, I think then this is my opinion here. All up to this point I, I I've used fact to, to basically craft this opinion that this is designed to create a greater prison population. Alright so that's it's it's fact that it's happening. So we have a quote here from the Stanford Drug Policy Expert and they say here that the prisons are responsible for inmates' health. Keith is Keith Humphreys, a drug expert at Stanford. OK, that's his name. That's who's, who's partaking in this quote. So it says, quote, if they had high blood pressure, prisons want not be allowed to stop them from getting their blood pressure medication. You'd have to supply that. So if they're addicted to opioids, you should have to supply whatever medication they take for that, end quote. So that's proof of what I was saying about the system that puts people in jail for addiction, doesn't really provide much resources to help them out of the addiction, and then profits from this. And it is for a further example of how it's gotten out of hand. So to get into the details of how the private prison, private prisons are f- fueling this harmful policy, they're capitalizing off the pain of addiction. So we have an article from Vox March, 2021 And it states that an inmate addicted to opioids is released from prison, his chances of a fatal overdose are massively elevated, has a risk of fatal overdose 129 times higher as it is for the general population during the two weeks after release. So not only are these private prisons profiting off of this crisis, this genocide, but it's really not beneficial the way it's set up of how people suffering from addiction are sent into prison. When we see it here, the facts here, from the New England Journal of Medicine study, the risk of overdose is 129 times higher, right after release. And other studies have backed this up, putting the increased risk of overdose death in the tens of times or above 100 times. And this is from the Vox article. So it's not good for the health of the inmates, and it's and it's leads it can lead to more death so really what what are we doing here? Why are we continuing to treat addiction, which is a mental health issue, as a crime and it's fact that one in four opioid users deal with criminal interactions deal with the criminal system, so it's a pipeline to it. There's billions of dollars in revenue for these private prisons. And then the executives receiving millions of dollars in bonuses. For what? For caging people with mental health issues, which has been set up by pharmaceutical greed. So there's billions of dollars of profit made with the opioids first. And then they're making billions putting the people in prison that they just made addicted to their product. So they have a product, they get people addicted, then they throw them in jail once they're addicted. Billions to get them addicted. Billions once they're they're addicted in jail like yo, what is going on? What the what is this? This is genocide. This is literally genocide the greed the greed of the pharmaceutical companies the greed of these corporations are literally Killing American citizens and the hundreds of thousands. I have laid it all out. I have used the source material Hundreds of thousands of people have died Okay. Over a hundred, around a hundred thousand in the last two years just from fentanyl. Okay, and what is being done? Is there a ticker on TV? What, 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 what are we doing here? And it's coming from China, and we know how it's getting in. What are we doing? These pharmaceutical companies are making billions of dollars while the U.S. citizens are dying by the hundreds of thousands. This is an attack on the U.S. citizen. This is ridiculous. This is, this is beyond abysmal. This is, I don't know where the government is. Like, what, what, what's the point of the government? Isn't the government supposed to look out, protect, hold it down? What's up, you got all this military, but then China's sending in these poisons, killing hundreds of thousands of people. The government officials, are they too busy lining their pockets with the money from the pharmaceutical companies, with the lobbyist money? Is that what they're too busy doing? I would think so, I think so. I think so, they're too busy buying yachts, Senator Manchin, buying yachts, Senator cinema. It's so corrupt, the corruption is just disgusting. Disgusting corruption. And it's really eroding our society. And it's like, yo, these settlements don't bring back the lives that are lost. They don't. And really, where's this money going? Is that just another scam too? It's really like, yo, it's disgusting, man. It's disgusting. We gotta do something about it. We gotta address the problem now. And you gotta address the problem now before it affects you. If you might think listen to this thinking, oh, you know, I don't know anybody that's a no overdose. I don't know. Anybody. Yeah, what happens when it hits you? Your loved ones, huh? Your you your fellow citizens are dying by the hundreds of thousands. You're just gonna sit there and sit over and wait around? You're not gonna do anything? We need to do something about it. We do, we need to cut off. The border, we need to, not not off the border of everybody, but the flow from the border, the Mexican border that we know where the fentanyl is coming from, we need to cut that flow, cut it off. We need to to save these lives. We need programs for the youth, teaching them. We need programs for mental health, helping people not develop addiction, stopping it early, giving people's resources, universal health care, nationalize the pharmaceutical uh, industry, nationalize them all. They're just. They're garbage. The pharma school companies are garbage. They're lying middlemen. They're corrupt little middlemen. They're garbage. Get them out of here, nationalize it. Get them out of here, they're greedy. Ah, man, the greed is killing people. Yo, go go into an industry that you're not killing hundreds of thousands of people. It's disgusting. If I could see, if I have five minutes with them, they wouldn't, they, they would, they're not. They're not. They're not. They have no courage. They're cowards. They can't even look me in the eye. They can't. They can't look you in the eye. They can't do it face. To, they can't do anything face to face. They sit in their, their offices like chumps while hundreds of thousands of people die, and then they pay out settlements and laugh in their in their huge mansions with their millions of dollars. And we're gonna let it go? Oh no, 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 no. They need to be locked up, and their companies need to be nationalized, and that money needs to go towards the families that have have lost loved ones and help stopping, cut off the flow from the border. Like, what are we doing? We need to put some pressure on China to make it illegal to sell the fentanyl to the US. It can't be legal in China to sell fentanyl to the US anymore. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing, politicians? Are you too busy? Lining your pockets? Are you too busy stuffing your pockets with the money from the lobbyists from the pharmaceutical companies? Is that what it is? You're too busy casting them checks from the pharmaceutical companies? Ah, yeah. Hey, if you're not in public service for the right reasons, get out. We need to get them out. The ones we know are corrupt, Senator Cinema, Senator Manchin, we need to get them out of here because they're eroding our society. They are blatantly spitting on the face of every U.S. citizen. And they don't even, most of them don't even know it. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying. How many many more are we going to let die? The corrupt politicians need to get out. All right? That will allow us to improve regulations. And after approval of a drug by the FDA, make the government responsible for following up. To research on the safety and educating physicians about the risk reduction instead of how it's being done corruptly now by the pharmaceutical companies. And our last solution eliminate the marketing of controlled substances to prescribers and curtail pharmaceutical companies' marketing of these drugs to consumers. Stop allowing the industry to claim tax deductions on the tens of billions it spends on marketing medications. Cut it out. Cut it out. Get it out of here. End the corruption and the lobbying, if, if it's clear there's politicians greedy, these corporations not doing anything, the research has been done at the university level, these pharmaceutical companies aren't doing anything. They're not making the product, they're a middleman. Get them out of here. Get them out, nationalize it, all right? We gotta cut out the greed, cut out the corruption, and work hard for a meritocracy. We gotta deliver on what we advertise. We advertise this democracy. We advertise that we're a meritocracy. We need to really do it. Well, right now the US is an oligarchy and there's, it's running rampant with nepotism. Eliminate the nepotism, eliminate the corruption, become a real meritocracy, eliminate the plutocrats, tax them, put them on a fair level playing field as much as we can and let's get a, a democracy, d- direct ballot initiatives at times. Programs that actually help, universal health care. These programs that are gonna help deal, these regulations are gonna help deal with this fentanyl genocide. It can't go on anymore, it can't. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Go ahead and check out Vicious Techniques Music on all streaming platforms. Sign up for the Patreon. We can discuss there's more early access to the music. And your support is greatly appreciated for us doing more episodes, research goes into this. We work with producers and it really helps your support. So I appreciate you listening. And remember, the world is ours. It's up to us to make it a better place. Peace.